I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So this is Alan, and welcome to a somewhat of a emergency, special, whatever you want to call it, VRL USA podcast. I've got Zach and Robin with me, and um, we're recording this about, what, two hours after the news was made official that Javi Calleja was no longer our manager. That's the first shoe to drop, and everybody knows the second one is Unai Emery is coming in to manage us. So, wow. Wow. I mean, this is quite a, quite an event. Um, I don't know where to start. <laughs> Zach, why don't you, what you, you were really adamant before the break and even early on about replacing Calleja. What do you think about this? So what I've said repeatedly is that if he didn't get us to Europe, he needed to be fired. And, and frankly, the man came out after the break handle the break better than most managers in La Liga and did a wonderful job overall getting us into fifth place. Um, it's one of those things where he still, I don't think has shown that he's a better manager than Unai Emery is. Um, but it's, it's definitely something I'm very conflicted about, um, from a club values perspective. Um, mm-hmm. To, to, to move on from a guy who just finished a successful season. And to me, a lot of that depends on when did they agree with Emory? Did they officially agree with Emory during the break from football? Because of that, I completely understand because we just lost a leg and S and we lost three in a row. Or did they agree, you know, within hours of securing fifth place in the league? And that is a lot more troubling to me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they probably had some, sounds like there was some sort of agreement with Emory in place that got negotiated over the break, but we don't know how bind, you know, exactly what it involved. I, I mean, yeah. Robin, what, what's your, you know, what, what do you think about it? I'm in a weird way shocked. Like in, in a way I'm shocked. I'm in shock about it. I'm, so I'm not shocked about it in terms of surprise. I mean, I think we all kind of assumed something was going to go on behind the scenes before they, before they lockdown break. Um, I'm shocked we've got him, to be honest with you. I thought, like, I didn't expect us to get a man of his calibre. I know he took a bit of an, a knock with the Arsenal thing, but he has like, a very well-respected manager and probably could have easily got a higher-up job. That's no disrespect to us. I just, it's not really our style to kind of go in for a manager of that kind of mm-hmm. reputation. You know, like Pellegrini, I know, I imagine that we were negotiating with Pellegrini as well. I, I don't know if that was the case or not. And I'd be interested to know if it was basically a choice between those two because, and I think we should probably address address that, but I, I'm never, I've never been quite in sort of anti-Kayeka as kind of a, a lot of the general VRL fan base were. Um, yes, he was extremely frustrating at times. Um, but I think credit where it's due, he has definitely earned his stripes at the end of this season, like Zach said. Before the season, yeah, it was definitely downhill. And I remember us doing several podcasts about it. Just we weren't sure what's going to happen and if we really want to keep him and stuff. Um, but yes, yeah, so yeah. we got Europe, so yeah. I think in a sense we've got to kind of give him a bit of credit and a tribute in a sense because he's done a great job uh, at the end. What, what do you think? I well, you know, for me, I I sort of feel as though it's almost like the flip side of one of the things we were debating earlier, which was that our assumption was that okay, at you know we're eighth at the break. What happens if we come out after the break? And we don't qualify for Europe. Are we going to say, you know, that's going to be it? We're going to we're going to remove Calleja as coach, or are we going to accept the argument that, well, you know, this was kind of a strange season, and so even though you didn't get us into Europe, we're going to live with you. It almost feels like the decision that the board made, whether you know whether or not they made part of it 
before the restart, which they certainly did to talk to Emory and have some sort of agreement. But it sounds like ultimately Senior Rige and the and the Brain Trust have to have decided that even the job of 22 points from 11 matches over the sort of mini season that was a special enough, a bizarre enough thing that that doesn't give us confidence that he's going to be able to translate that sort of form into a regular season. And I kind of get that because I feel as though we talked about when this, when we began play again, we were sort of joking about it, but we did feel that Virial was one of the teams that would benefit from having no fans because we don't have the sort of passionate fan base at home anyway. And we thought that the five substitutes would play and would play very well to our strengths. And so it proved, but does, but evidently, the um, decision was that that's sort of enough of a one-off that it's not going to going to buy a, a you know give Kaeha more time. The other thing I think that it really comes down to, which is the other, which is what Robin just said, is that I feel as though Emery probably wanted to get back to Spain. He's a bit of he's had his ego bruised a bit with the whole Arsenal thing. This was probably our one chance to get him. Does that make me feel good about jettisoning Kaiha? Not necessarily. But I think as from a business point of view, if you've got the opportunity to get the guy you really want and you think it's the, the you think this is your only opportunity, then you're gonna do it. Because otherwise we could we could keep Kaiha and if he and if he doesn't work out in mid year we replace him with a Paco Lopez type guy. Yeah, we don't get him. I suppose an interesting way to look at it. So imagine if they hadn't have done any kind of negotiation with Emery, and you got to the end of the season now, and you had a choice between Kayeka and Emery. Would that change your opinion at all? By it, would that you know change your perspective of it? Shall we say? Um, so if it wasn't a case of just desperately getting him in case he might yeah. leave, if say Emery had the you know he had the choice between two now, what would you prefer based on Kayeka's results? Uh, I would still prefer, I still think Emery's the better manager. So from a pure football perspective, um, also knowing that Valencia is out there looking for a coach, I, I would far, you know, from a pure football perspective, I think Emery is still the right decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, I would say the, I, I would go, I still think you make the decision you, that, that was made, honestly. I think, I mean, I'm harder on Kaeha than than some of you, I think, because I, when I look when I look at the at the results over the course of the last three seasons, I really don't see my you know leaving all the statistics and everything aside. My eye test tells me that we've got a, a Europa League um, quality squad at a minimum. We still have the same problems with defense and offensive balance that we had, you know, that we've had for some time. I don't, much as I'd like to think so, I almost feel as though taking a guy who was effectively a Tercera coach because he had, he had just started coaching the B team in Segunda B and he'd only been there a month. So really, he was a Tercera coach. You put him in the Primera. He did very well, but I don't, but I think in terms of growth, uh, you know, who's, who's more likely to get us to Champions League? Who's more likely to get us to the semis of Europa, at least? Emery. Yeah, I suppose the, the argument, there's so many factors into this, and I'm just kind of bringing in stuff that we've discussed before. Is it going to be consistent with Emery as well, though? That's, that's, um, that's something more to look at, because with Kayeka, Yes, last season was a bit of a knockdown. Obviously, we were going down relegation path and not going to defend that at all. First season, though, he did get fifth, didn't he? If I remember rightly, please correct me if I'm wrong. Fifth, yep. Yep. then it was relegation, then it was fifth. And he did have a disrupted season last season. If he could have turned that around, I don't know. But, he, I mean, he did save us from relegation up front. Do we think that Emery's going to have that consistent... I know he's a quality manager, he might get us Champions League, but are we going to be in that position again where we're in the Champions League and then next season we're in relegation zone again? Because I don't think my nerves can stand that again, to be honest with you. <laughs> Whereas I suppose Payeka might be a bit more 
consistent if he knows the players. I, I don't know. That's again, I'm clutching the straws and it's fantasy. But I, I, to be honest, before before we really got involved with PSG and Arsenal, and I, I hate to say this, not as a La Liga fan because I'm very much a La Liga fan, I wasn't as much of aware of Emery as I should have been. I, I mean, I don't know enough about him really, to be honest with you, to judge him. Um, so I'm kind of in a bit of an awkward position on this one. But yeah, that's what I like to put out there. And I can't remember what I put out there now, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think when you look at what Emery's done in uh La Liga before, he's never ever flirted with relegation in La Liga. So I mean when I look at this club that I believe I, I read somewhere yesterday and I think it made it into one of the articles that we um we lost to all three regulate relegated teams this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't really see, I don't really see that happening with Emory. I mean, he's never, he's never been, you know, necessarily dominant in La Liga play, but he's never flirted with, with relegation either. Even in times where he's lost a couple of his best players and had to compete on multiple fronts the next season anyway, you know, he's always been consistently near the top of the league. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think he's, he's done very well in La Liga consistently. Now, you know, his last La Liga experience was in Sevilla, what, four years ago, but that's not that long ago. And, you know, I think that he has done very well in, he's typically had teams with bigger budgets than Villarreal, but he also had, when he was at Valencia, was having to deal with the best players being sold every season. I, I think the real question for me, as I was saying on the podcast I did with Sid, is not you can argue all you want about whether the decision was right or wrong. But if you hire Emery, you need to give him what he wants to succeed. And if that means that you're spending money on a transfer budget, if that means that you're giving him more authority over the team makeup than you gave to Kaiha or somebody – then you've got to do that because he's he's not going to be somebody I think as laid back as a lot of the coaches we've had who are basically like yeah I kind of tell the the front office at the end of the year kind of my plans for the next year and sort of who I'd like and then I just sort of sit back and see what happens. Emery is going to be very definite I think and I suspect that this was part of the discussion back in March if. You know, he's, he's aware of our team and he's going to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to want these guys. I'm not going to want these guys. I mean, we're going to have to hand him a lot of authority. I think it's worth recognizing that we will probably take a knock next season. I'm, I don't want to kind of be a downer at all because that's not my, my life. Um, but I can't see us being in the top four straight away next season. I think we will be in a similar position than we are now. Um, like I, said, I think he's great, and I'm not going to kind of take into any kind of his record at Arsenal because I don't think that's relevant at all here. It's very, very difficult, different to La Liga in the sense that he, he didn't speak the language and it was very difficult. And Arsenal also, they come with this kind of big, massive financial club mentality that you get the best out of what you have. That's also always been Arsenal's way, and I don't think that suited Emery, so it didn't work. And I think I think it was Zach that he put a really good comment in the sense that he was never going to live up to live up to like Wenger I mean whoever was going to come in after Wenger was going to have a very short run um, and I suppose with Villarreal he's not going to have that so much because Kayekas has this great reputation this great role um, and he's he done well this season but he's not you know anything Emery does I don't think he's going to have a reflection on Kayeka. Um do you what do you think he'll bring different to the to the squad do you think we'll get loads of new signings or he'll just have to do his best out of what what we have which would be fine by me to be honest I think we're a great squad with some repairs I suppose but what what do you two think Go ahead Alan. Oh okay well I think obviously you know losing Santi in the middle um you've got to in midfield you've got to replace him in some way so there has to be something there Although I suppose you can argue that um, Manu Trigueros could could get more minutes and and do some of that. The question is, do we sign Zombo or not? Other than that, it's really do you you could get by with I think adding a third center back to of some quality. 
you probably don't need to do a whole bunch of signings. I mean, you probably don't. But I think this is where I don't – this season is going to be quite bizarre because we still don't know exactly what the what the substitution rules will be. We don't know if La Liga is going to be able to open up to fans or not. I mean, we just don't know what the season is going to be like. So I think we can get by without some signings, but I think if we – there are some free agents out there like uh, David Silva that, you know, do you, do you want to basically pay a high salary for a year or two for them, you know, for him to replace Santi and whatnot and then, and then move on? I don't, I don't know. I think we, I think we have to be willing to spend some money and I would like it, I think, if we sign Zombo. Although, again, I can kind of, I'm both ways on that too, depending on his ultimate price. Well, and so I think when you start looking at the options, and one, I, I think as things stand right now, if we try to, it, it, I mean, we were talking about needing a defensive midfielder before Santi left, and I mean, I think that's just as glaring now. And if we don't sign in Giza, then we have a full-on crisis in midfield, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but he mentioned David Silva, who would be available on a free. I think because he's played with Emory before, that's someone we actually have a better chance at now. Um, mm-hmm. Mikael San Jose uh, is also a free agent right now. You know, there's a defensive midfielder prospect. He's a little bit older, but he's he's as proven in La Liga uh, as you get. Um, and then, you know, you've got guys um, like, you know, you've got guys who are center backs like, uh, Victor Ruiz, uh, or, uh, uh, Malang Sar, who's, who just became a free agent from Nice, who's actually very highly sought after. And I think when you sign someone like Emery, you give yourself a better chance at some of these bigger named free agents. Um, and I think this mm-hmm. might possibly be a way forward for the club to, without spending a ton in transfer fees, Fill the holes in the squad that need filling as we move to to compete on three competitions next year. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we feel pretty good about um, the nucleus of the team, um, and we certainly have, uh, you know, guys like Gerard um, Asenjo in in the back. I think, uh, you know. Assuming there, I, I think it's, un, it's less likely given all the COVID, um, stuff that we're going to have a big push for somebody to pay 50 million for Powell or something. You never know. But I think, te- I think the teams are going to be a little less likely to sort of go for, for that. I'm, I think part of it also is, do you think that uh, Emery is going to make a player like um, Samu better. Yeah, I, I, yeah, this is the kind of avenue I, I'd like to actually explore. Um, so in terms of free agents, I think there's some, some great names have put out there and stuff. We've we talked about David Silva before. Like I, I, my only worry about having him would be great to have in the squad and make us amazing. But it'd be the same instance as kind of. Santi Gazzola for me, we get a year out of him and, and that's that, which would be great. I mean, in terms of shirt sales and everything. But I, I, I would like to see a more fresh approach. I would like to see, give the young, you know, if we've got a new manager in and a manager of this reputation, he surely can get the best out of sort of younger players. Um, so I, I would like to see Cascarus come back. Um, I can never pronounce his blooming name right. Um, I would like to see him get another role in defensive mid because I think he, he was incredible. I think with a proper coach, he would be good. That's no disrespect to Kayeka. I think he started off really well and then lost patience with him to get a few yellow cards and stuff. I like to see Costa back at left back. He's just, he was the definition of VRL at a point and I never really understood why we let him go to Valencia. I imagine it's because he didn't suit the style very much. So if we are going back to 4-4-2 as the standard thing, then I think Costa is one of the best left backs in the world for that position myself. I'd also like just to throw out a free agent, and I, I always discuss this, and I think everyone just ignores it. Um, but Alexi Garcia at Man City, I think he's out of contract as well, and I think he would be great to have back. I, I, I love watching him when he was part of the younger squad and he was with us, and I, I just always had a lot of hope for him. So 
I like to do that. But yeah, I'd, I'd like us to see, not spend loads, but I'd like us to get some really quality free agents or just spend a bit. It's an interesting thing talking about a Zambo as well, because I, I, I was like everyone. So I think fair play to Zach. He had a lot of faith in Zambo. I, I didn't. I was a bit cynical of Zambo, but after the break, I think he's really shone in that role and he's really done well. So fair play to him. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of big names sniffing around him, and I think he'll be considered a bargain for some place, for some teams in terms of, like, I, I don't think we should spend 25 million. I think that's quite a lot for him. But like mm-hmm. the likes of Real Madrid and Alessio Madrid, that are, like Alessio Madrid want to replace Thomas, who's might be going to Arsenal. I think they would jump at the chance of Zambo. Same with Madrid, they've been sniffing around. So I don't want to be cynical, but I'm not sure we'll get get Zambo. I really don't, unless he really wants to stay. Well, I think- I think we, I mean, we, we have an option, but if we don't, I think that, I think what we were hoping was we would be able to sort of negotiate the option down. And I don't think that sounds very likely given all the other teams that are interested. Um, yeah, I think, I guess to me, I'm almost prepared to look at next season as, I mean, obviously it's going to be a year of transition, but I think Realistically, when you look at Emery's track record and you look at, and you look at the, the Virial squad, even with, you know, very minor additions, you'd have to say we'd be favored to, you know, get into the top seven again. We'd be favored to get out of our Europa League group and do pretty well. And I think it was interesting that, um, one of the other things that, that came up about but, you know, the time that the board met with Emory and started really getting interested in, in getting this pre-agreement or whatever it was in place, it wasn't just that we had lost the three matches in a row in La Liga, including the last one to Leganes. We had also gotten bounced out of the Copa by Mirandes. And I think that probably, I mean, this was a year when we really could have gotten far in it, we thought, with the new format and the fact that everybody was adjusting to it. So I think... I think there seems to be a desire on the part of the board to, you know, let's go for somebody who can maybe get us a trophy. I almost wonder if Senior Reich at his age and as as long as he's been involved in the almost a legacy hire reason. I think you, you cut off a bit there. I don't know if it was my Wi-Fi, but I missed the end of what you said. <laughs> Oh, that, that I think that Senior Raj getting a trophy at now, you know, is maybe something that's more important for him than people realize. So going for a coach who's got a really good record in knockout competitions like Emery is maybe, you know, maybe you do sacrifice a league position one year to, to win the, the Europa League like Emery did with Sevilla. I don't know. Zach, what do you? Uh, well, I mean, so. Especially given the circumstances that right now are looking like they're going to be somewhat controversial and getting rid of a uh, guy who's really devoted to the club, is the fan base going to be patient with Emery if we have a shaky league campaign, maybe get somewhere into the knockouts in Europa, but it's kind of an unremarkable season? Like, are we going to... Are we going to like hit a bad patch and, and the fans want him gone? Or is it going to be a thing where like we say, okay, he's still shaping this team into his image. Give him a year or two and see what he does. Well, I think fan, I think the fan base, to be fair, is going to take its, its, its lead from the front office. Um, <laughs> I think. I think that when the only comparable thing I can see in when I was looking back at at the Orioles history was when um, Pellegrini left. Now, granted, you know, he, he left of his own accord to go to Madrid. We didn't fire him. Um, and we brought in Ernesto Valverde, who had had some success at Espanol, I guess. I think they were in the Europa, uh, well, then the UEFA Cup final. Um, and I think he coached somewhere else, too. Zarco, so I can't remember. Anyway, he had some some track record of success in in um, La Liga. We brought him in um, at the end of five or six matches. We were last in the league, um, and he was eventually fired in January. Um, 
but again, that's the kind of a case where you're following a legend, and, I'm, and I don't think you're dealing with that here. I think a lot of it really depends on how the front office goes. If, if the if the front office is like, you know, we're, we're kind of mid-table, but we're doing well in Europe, so we're okay with that, I don't think the fan base is going to be too upset. They're going to be more upset if um, if we just, uh, you know, fall on our face everywhere. And I don't see that with Emery. I really, I, I have always wanted him as a Villarreal coach. I've always thought he was an excellent coach, admittedly. Oh, that's quite quite a claim there, Alan. <laughs> Didn't know you were a secret Emery fan, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I I think we we are a club that's known to have a lot of faith with the managers, and we. I mean, we do give them a lot of leeway, a lot of a lot of chance to get the results. I mean, you could say that about Kayeke, you could say Marcelino, even Fran Escriba. You know, we gave him every single chance to prove himself, and I think. Kayeka can kind of go out of the club with his head held high, I think, in this role. I mean, I'd be really interested to see how he feels about all this because he has essentially been mm-hmm. replaced with having one of his best seasons, uh, in terms of results anyway, um, not in the situation. But, um, yeah, I, I think we would give a lot of face. I think we give a lot of weight, leeway to him. And I, considering probably what we're spending to get him here, then I think even more wanting to get the value for money from him. So yeah, I would, I think it'd be, it'd be interesting, but I, I think it'd be, and I don't think, I think, I think you, I agree that the fans kind of disagree with the front office most of the time in Villarreal. It just depends how they're feeling and how we're doing. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that a lot of it when, it, when I was, I mean, I'm still, I mean, I'm coming across as more pro Emery and anti Calleja than, I mean, I'm, I'm connected with both sides of it too. Um, I just think, as always, at Villarreal, there's, um, there's stuff you don't know. Um, and it's, it's interesting that with Kaeha, if, if COVID hadn't happened, um, I think I totally get that. I wouldn't have been surprised. I would have been moderately surprised, I guess, had we, had we gone ahead and, and fired Kaeha in, in April, say, with, you know, the team in, in ninth or tenth place. But I think we would, I think it would have not been terribly surprising either because things looked like they were going the wrong way. Um, and I, and we already fired him once before when things weren't going that well. So I, I guess I feel as, I almost feel like what the board is saying, although they might not admit this, is that we took you from the Tercera, we put you in the Primera, we kind of were hoping you could catch lightning in a bottle sometime over the next couple of years. And it really, I think, what what will help Calleja in the long run is going to a club where he where he can where the expectations are a little different and where the where the um, he needs to you know he's he's an excellent coach, but he definitely has limitations. And I think at Virial he was bumping up against those. I guess that's how I would put it. The, the other thing worth noting is um, we we can we can ask questions and I think there are good questions to be asked about um, Kieha and how fair this all was. But at the same time, he's going to get another La Liga job now if he wants one, and that was definitely not necessarily the case in March. So if anything, it, it might actually be better for him long term to have had this good run that he can springboard into another job as opposed to getting fired in like April and then nobody really wants it. What do you think he, he did right in the end to change things? I mean, I suppose in a kind of mini tribute to him, which we probably should do, um, yeah. is what what do we think he did right? I mean, for me, I think he was changing to four four two and sticking with it, um, just quite simply. And I suppose also the midfield kind of Zambo and Ibora sorting themselves out a bit because I was a bit confused by them half time in four three three, but four four two they seemed to work out quite well. Um, but yeah, what do you two think he he did really well in those final few games? Because there must have been something. Um, I think the I think the four four two gave Zambo open space in front of him that he doesn't have in the 4-3-3. Um, and I think that changed a lot of the dynamic of what he was able to do going forward. Um, I also think that the five subs rule 
allow Keha to play Santi a lot more matches and a lot more minutes than he could have otherwise because he always had a sub in his pocket where he could take Santi off at the hour mark if he needed to, and he didn't have to make the decision, okay, am I going to start him or is he going to, you know, or and then I have to waste a sub on him or is he going to, you know, just sit out entirely? Um, so mm-hmm. I think those those factors combined with Gerard just getting absurdly hot over the last couple of weeks uh, really made a big difference. Yeah, I think I think that um, for me, I feel in some ways as though the fact that we were having matches every three or four days essentially forced him to make a decision about a tactical formation and stick with it because you had so little time in between matches that you weren't going to say, oh, well, you know, let me tinker with a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 or whatever you want to do. You had to kind of pick something and say, okay, we're basically going to go with this. And to his credit, he picked something that worked really well, the the 4-4-2. I also think that the five subs really played to his strength because I think if you look at how we used our substitutions over the course of those 11 matches compared to a lot of other clubs. First of all, we had more depth at most places, I would say, except at center back. But also Calleja, and I think this is maybe from the fact that he's coming from a background of coaching, you know, youth teams up through the Tercera. He's, he really is used to having more subs and having more ability to change the game through that. I think he's, I think his, one of his strengths is his ability to read the match on, while it's happening, as opposed to, I think a lot of coaches aren't actually, they're very good at preparing their team for the match. I think Calleja is very good at reading the game while it's going on. And I think that was a real strength that the five subs really helped. And as Zach said, especially when you've got somebody like, um, like Santi who, you're worried about, you know, how many minutes can I get out of him? It's nice to have those extra two subs and, and be able to sort of say, oh, okay, I'm not really, I don't really need to hold one of these back in case he needs to come out. I can, you know, I can sort of go with the flow a little more. Um, I also think that he's a very, I mean, he's, he's on the one hand, he's not somebody who I would say has ever connected with the fan base terribly well he's 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 more of an introvert but on the other hand his personality is also such that he gets out of the way for his players to take the glory you know and i think that kind of helped too yeah i mean i i definitely i think there's a very valid point i think it has helped him in the long run um and i suppose keeping faith with players as well i mean like i mean the only one it seems to have gone a bit downhill, I suppose, recently. Sam, Samu, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Gaspar wasn't really at an amazing level anyway, uh, so we can argue that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think he has, and I suppose, uh, it's the same with Jared. I think Jared was in pretty good form anyway, and then he suddenly seemed to have geared up and taken it. I mean, even Alcacer, you can say he's improved over time. I think, I suppose, with the with this sort of format of playing several games in a row as well, it's almost like a training session. So it keeps the blood, it keeps the, keeps everything going. So for some players, that really they really feed off well off that, and I think that's definitely suited our strengths as well. Certain players have just fed so much after constantly playing all the time. It's almost like a constant training session for them. Um, so yeah, but that's a it, no, it's a very interesting point, and I think I think that also leads quite well to what we were talking about. Though if he could find another club possibly lower down the tables. I think someone mentioned Levante, where you've got those players where it's not massive names where you have to kind of maintain them. It's just getting the best out of sort of certain players and being very tactical about it and reading it well and being good with young players because he has, he has been good with young players. So, um, But yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent point. What should we move on to next? <laughs> let's take a brief break. And when we, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit about... Um, Let's talk about Santi and, and Bruno a little bit and uh, because certainly they've – I don't think any of us had dry eyes on Sunday watching that. So let's take a brief break and then we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so to go back to the match on Sunday, <laughs> which seems like so much has happened since, but obviously, you know, the, the news that day was that this was in fact going to be the last two, uh, last appearances of Bruno Soriano, who was retiring, and Santi Cazorla, who didn't announce that day, but announced today that as expected, he's going to go play in Qatar and bank some money for with playing with Chavi for a couple of years, I guess. So is first, before we talk about their history with Villarreal, I guess it are, were either one of those decisions surprising to you? Uh, no, I, I don't think they were. Um, I had kind of hoped that, uh, that Bruno would go for one more season. Um, but I, I know, I, just from personal experience, uh, playing, playing sports and coming back from injury, like I understand what it's like to be in the training room for an hour before practice and an hour after practice just to get your body to work to do it. And if he was, you know, if it, if it was everything he could do to get it back on the pitch and just experience the game again, I understand not wanting to go through that that whole grind again. Um, so as much as I'd love to see him, uh, I understand you know his decision. And Santi's going to get paid, and 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 I never blame a guy for for getting paid when he has the opportunity as an athlete. Mhm. Mhm. Robin. Yeah, I'm I'm the, I'm the same. I I much as it's like reluctant sadness in the sense that I. For me, as a player, I always, as a defensive mid of myself, I was always inspired by Bruno and the way he played. It, it's like he's probably one of the best ever to play in that position, in my opinion. Bruno watched him, so it was incredibly sad. Um, and yeah, Santi obviously just just Santi. He's like I think loads of people can try and emulate him, but no one's ever going to get to that same kind of quality. I mean, some of the things he does with two feet is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Full play true. I think it's almost like passing of an era. It's almost like Kayeka was leaving that maybe they knew about. I don't know. And then they just wanted to go out on a high. And I don't think they could possibly top the fact that they've got Vera back to the glory of Europe. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's a nice send off. I'm, I'm very happy that Santi's not going to Arsenal because I just think they hung him up to dry. They don't deserve him. And I said that a while ago. Yes. So I think it would be painful to see him back in another Arsenal shirt. So I'm really glad he's not going to that. And like I said, Javi. I mean, it's just, I don't understand it because I think he could probably get into any squad in the sense that he could go anywhere. So maybe the MLS or anywhere. It's just a strange place to go. Um, but then I can sort of see the links. Obviously, it's a sort of not as physical league, not as demanding. And you can also learn a lot playing alongside Xavi again. So we're well, not playing, but being coached or whatever. So, I mean, I, I'm sad. Uh, I think everyone is sad to see it, but it was it was inevitable. Um, and yeah, hopefully Bruno will be back in some kind of capacity. Um, that'd be great. I, I will point out, because you mentioned MLS, um, in addition to being a bit more physical league, the travel demands in MLS and the way they transverse, like, literally an entire continent to play, is just something he's just not going to have to deal with in Qatar. Um, the, the, you know, you won't be flying charter flights in, in Qatar the way you would in MLS. So I think overall, for a guy at his age, it'll be a much more relaxing experience for him to be where he is than MLS. I, that's a good point. I I um I think that as as you said, Zach, I think I can never blame somebody for taking advantage of your talents and you know banking a, a little more money at this point of your career. Um, I do feel, and I think he was very honest in, in saying, you know, I can't give a hundred percent anymore. <laughs> the only thing is, is that Santi's seventy percent is better than most people's a hundred, but. I do think again that we don't really he he was really um I think the physical strain on him coming back was probably more than than he whatever it let on was the case. And so, you know, going to a league where you're not going to have those travel demands, you're not going to have the 
the physical demands um, probably good. And um, as Sid mentioned, you know, the fact that um, Xavi is maybe eventually going to come back to Barcelona in some capacity. I mean, you know, maybe Santi kind of starts his coaching career as an assistant to Xavi out there and, and moves around or something. But I think it was pretty evident that he didn't want to um, go through another season of La Liga, and I'm sure he communicated that to the club privately some time ago. I don't think, you know, there's no way they would have been waiting on pins and needles to know what his decision was. I'm sure both, I'm sure both of players told, told them, you know, some time ago that, you know, this is going to be a, um, it's, it's just hard because I think for, for a lot of us, they're sort of the last links to the, glory years of, of Pellegrini at all. Um, and so ironically, the other one, which is more of a technical link was Mariano Barbosa, who, you know, was a, was actually the keeper in the, in the, uh, semifinals against Arsenal at that time. And of course he's, he's leaving the club too, um, with somewhat less fanfare, I might add, but it's, it does feel like the end of an era. And I think the, the only concern from the, from the point of view of the fan base and, and Zach, you mentioned this is like, we kind of want to feel good about our values. And I think part of us are feel part of it is we're not feeling real good about the whole Calleja thing, but I think ultimately it blows over unless we start out in the relegation places next season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I like, I suppose one of the points, things to say as well that and I think Santi said this in his final interview before he burst into tears, um, was that they're letting themselves go for other players to develop and become become players. So we will see the likes of other players like Trigueros we mentioned earlier, Ontiveros, you know, these players sort of growing a bit and as much as I love seeing Santi back at the club, it wasn't so much the case with Bruno, but Santi he did in a way sort of get in a way. So he, like when he joined VRL, we just weren't sure where we were going to play and we didn't know what was going to happen. It was almost like an iconic signing. Um, and yes. then he sort of just almost forced out a lot of players out of the squad that could probably have had a good, good run in it, like Moy Gomez as well. So it's sad to see him go, but I'm also, I suppose it's quite exciting for the future to see what, what our new squad is going to be like. So, um, but yeah, I don't know if you do feel the same about that. Well, actually, I mean, I think when you see Santi play at the, at the level that he played most of this season, you, you say, that's okay. You can do, you can play as long as you want. But I think you're, but I think you're right that ultimately it, it does get to, it reminded me of, um, I was saying to Elisa, the, the, I always remember like watching Jerry Rice and in, in NFL football. And this guy was like, you know, the greatest wide receiver ever, and he just wouldn't stop playing. And by the end, it was almost painful to watch, you know, because you got this great talent, his body just wouldn't let him do anymore. And I think full credit to Santi for saying, for saying, you know, it is time for me to step out of the way. Um, because maybe if, maybe if we didn't have Santi, we would have kept a Leo Suarez or something like that. You know, you don't, um, you kind of have to have room to, to move into the future. And so I, I suspect, I don't know, I'm sure the club knew about his decision and Bruno's. I don't know if they knew about the decision to remove Calleja before, before it happened. I have, I don't know, but it is kind of interesting that sort of everything is sort of resolving into a end of an era and a new chapter of some, in some way ahead. We just don't know what that new chapter will be. Um, I, I'll also point out in terms of players moving aside, one of, one of the remarkable things that I think has happened, um, you know, like when Santa came back is the two seasons before he got there, uh, Trigueros started over 30 matches for, you know, top five team in the league two years in a row. And then Santi shows up and his starts in the league get like completely halved. And I think it says something about the culture at the club that players of that quality are willing to say, okay, you know, this guy's come in, he's clearly this good and not try to force his way out of the club just because somebody came in and kind of pushed him to the more of a periphery. Um, but you can't do that forever. I mean, right. At some point, these guys who have earned their opportunity need to get a chance to play. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point because Trigueros has, has been, um, when I think of players that have, you know, since the relegation season and he's been one who's been, um, been outstanding. And as you say, you, you never, it's one of the things about Virial is you don't have players who, who, you know, sit and pout and demand to play and, you know, play me or trade me kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think that's an interesting, an interesting point. Um, it's going to be different. It's going to be, I'm kind of like you, Zach, that I, I, or Robin, that I think less about Bruno just because he'd been gone so long that I kind of, <laughs> I, I had frankly accepted that he was never going to come back. So, yeah. um, you know, I think the fact that he was able to come back at all is really great. I'm sure he'll be around the club in some capacity. He's, you know, there's no question about that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to see. It will be interesting to see what happens. We've got a very short break and a short preseason before the season starts again, if, if everything works okay. Um, so that's going to be interesting too. Um, and I don't know how that plays into it. I just have the feeling that the Real decided if we're ever going to make this is our one chance to get a, a name coach like this and see if he can take us to the next level. And you know, it's it's a bet that we never that I I have to say I never thought the Real would take, but I I can see the rationale for it. I'm just surprised that in the end they did it. I suppose, I mean, maybe the, the maybe the, the virus happening also forced our hand as well. I suppose, like like you said, a, sh- a short season, short pre-season, you need someone to kind of come in and, I suppose, steer the ship and make all those deals and stuff like that. We talked about earlier, he might attract more more interesting players. I suppose, mm-hmm. I think one thing, one thing to point out, I suppose, is that also I think, like we talked about Trigueros, and I think Ontiveros is a primary example of how much they've actually probably learned from Cazola watching him play. Like in terms of Ontiveros, I think since Cazola has been playing even better and better, and since he joined, he's made Ontiveros a better player. He's still greedy as anything; it's ridiculous. But um, I like that he's kind of improved and he's almost kind of adopted. Especially the free kick thing; he must have been getting tips from Santiago on the free kicks because he seems to be our, you know, main free kick taker a bit more than than Santi was towards the end of the season. And Trigueros, I, I mean, I've always admired Trigueros. I've really loved him as a player. I've met. Once as well, he's, he's just, I mean, that's nothing to do with it, but he's a fantastic player to watch. And I think, on, like, Ontiveros and Cantizola both have qualities of, sorry, Ontiveros and Manu have, have, uh, traits of Cazola in the way they play. And I'm hopefully they've kind of emphasized those traits by playing alongside him. I think Bruno is probably quite unique in the way he plays, to be honest. So it'd be very difficult to learn, but, uh, yeah, that's my view on it. The, the the hard part is that it really does take two guys to replace the job that Santi was doing by himself. And I mean, that's, that's both the remarkable thing about how good he is. And also just like the, okay, now the new set of tactics needs somebody to bring his set piece and somebody to bring his dribbling ability and, you know, somebody to bring his pat, you know, his, his through balls. And it's like, you can't find that and just, one player, but I, I absolutely love Ontiveros. I love that he's willing to just try stuff, even if it's ridiculous and, 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 and reckless. So uh, as, as stats oriented and, and like efficiency oriented as I am, there's just something that is just overflowing with joy about the way he plays the game. And I absolutely love it. You've got to give us some stats though for the, for the final bit of this podcast. You've got to give us some famous Santi stats. <laughs> oh, well, I, I will say, I will say that if you're specifically looking for a Santi Cazorla stat that you won't get anywhere else. Yes. Um, he, he was, he was tied for the team lead in nutmegs completed this year. So, um, he, he and Samu tied for the, and so, uh, our, 20-year-old and our 34-year-old led the way in nutmegging people this year, and I really do enjoy that. Okay, and that, and that's, and I think that's a fine close at the finish by Santi, because I think Samu was leading in that for a while. I actually did see that statistic somewhere. So, you know, great job. I know, I know that's, that's probably going to be worth another zero on his contract at, at Al Saad, the, the nutmegging ability. If it is, if it isn't, then his agent isn't doing his job. But, I mean, right. And we'll tell him to contact you. Right. There you go. 
You got I don't think Santi even needs an agent, to be honest with you. He's that good. <laughs> but if I remember rightly, in that, in that game, he, he nutmegs someone twice in one go. So he nutmegs someone and they went back on themselves. I don't yeah. know if that's ever going to be seen, but I'm pretty sure that happened and I was so impressed. Although Samo did have a very impressive nutmeg in the last time I saw him do a nutmeg. I can't remember it, but it was phenomenal. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, I, I think it's going to be... I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see over the next month, really, what, you know, what sort of moves are made and how we, how we prepare ourselves for the preseason. I, I really feel as though, um, this season is still going to be an odd one because we, um, we don't know everything yet. And I, and I was going to say when we were talking about the, the break, you know, we could have, when, when the break happened back in March, we could have very well not have played football again. And, right. it, and we would have finished eighth in the table. So you, we, we sort of had to make, um, decisions based on a whole series of parameters. And I think all of us were, you know, pleased, but also surprised that the league was able to resume and get done. Um, we could have very well had a situation where players from one team tested positive and we had to suspend the season again. We just didn't know. So, you know, you, you, at some level, I think I also have to say to the, that it's a tough decision. And in some level, you sort of made the decision back in March, I think, more than we realized. So anyway, anything else on nutmegs or anything before we wrap up? Um, I, I just want to say that that was the <clears throat> I, I just can't emphasize how perfect a way to end the season yesterday was. I mean, yes. it's just it, mm-hmm. when the game first started, it seemed like it was just filled with anticipation almost to the point that it was inhibiting the match because you wanted something special to happen for Santi and Bruno and that kind of put pressure on every single pass. And then the goals, like once Zambo broke through, it's like the floodgates open and all the emotion and all the celebration just absolutely, you know, flooded the scene and it was brilliant. And that, that to me is why we follow football moments like that seeing two legends go off like that get a guard of honor get tossed in the air by their teammates that's what it's all about yeah i don't think i can top that alan so i'll have to leave you on that one <laughs> I can't top it either i i i absolutely agree it was it, it was, was it was an incredible an incredible thing and uh one of the best games i've ever seen gerard play as well so some of those goals were just incredible yeah um, yeah yeah, I, it was it was incredible, and uh, I think all of the the only regret, of course, is that we only had cardboard cutouts in the stands to see it. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure even they were crying with happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was it was a very emotional day, um, certainly. And uh, I think the English Twitter site, uh, or the official site, tweeted that you know you you can't be don't be sad because they've departed, but be, but be happy for all that happened. And I think that's, that's really that joy, as you said, Zach, and, and, um, that's what football is about. That's why we watch the game. So until next time for Robin, for Zach, for Virial USA and Devon Virial.